Welcome to a very special edition of Cascadia News Now. I'm Shemaya Contouris, and I'm honored to bring you the speeches from the Tree of Life Solidarity Vigil. The Tree of Life Vigil, Safety Through Solidarity, brought members of the Sikh, Jewish, Black, Muslim, and other communities together to provide the public with time to honor and grieve the lives taken in the Pittsburgh Tree of Life Synagogue and Louisville shootings. The speakers represent communities targeted by hate crimes, speech, and deportation, including Aaron Thomas, Lummi Nation Community Volunteer, Sapal Sidhu, Whatcom County Councilman and member of the Sikh community, Maru Mora Vilpondo, Latinx activist targeted by ICE, Jasmine Hanna, co-leader of Black Lives Matter Bellingham, Reverend Sharis Weathers, Lutheran pastor, and Tazine Muhammad Ali, environmental engineer and member of the Muslim community. Jasmine Hanna, who was also one of the organizers of the event, felt the vigil was crucial for our community. She said in addressing the fresh wounds inflicted upon the Jewish community, we can tie them to the repeated trauma other communities and cultures face. And by strongly standing together in the discomfort of trauma, we can finally give ourselves space to heal as a whole. And now the powerful speakers from the Tree of Life Safety Through Solidarity Vigil, beginning with Lummi Nation Community Volunteer, Aaron Thomas. Ah, Siam and Estelle Siam. Ah, Heaton, Sanat Snat, Chakulamisen. Sweet, and all here, Quanas and Attachula Tia Tangan. Nestleet, Quanas Squall, Equal Squall. Outs and Kachitsen, Sakulami Chasen. Eutatisen, Quanas Twinaux. Shashashwawalixen. My dear respected friends and relatives, my name is Aaron Thomas. My traditional name is Hal Heaton. I would like to say that I'm thankful to be here this evening with you. I would like just to say a few words. I do not know the Lummi language, and I'm still learning how to speak it and pronounce it. And I am a survivor of the Great Flood. I want to thank the organizers of this beautiful event, Heichka. Thank you so much for inviting me here just to say a few words and to be witness to this beautiful work here. I think at the end of the day, we're all just wanting to find what's, what, what do we make of a world when we have so much hate. There was a movie that just came out called Thug Life. The hate you give little infants Fs everyone. Tupac Shakur, the late Tupac Shakur, started out as a, as a it was a hip hop term first spoken by him. And now he's becoming more of a thought leader to so many people. He was way ahead of his time. When a Trey Martin gets gunned down in the streets, when another indigenous woman goes missing and is murdered, or when a me mentally unstable person goes into an area and starts killing people, all of this hate perpetrates more hate. What possesses someone to have so much hate inside them that they could conceive a plan to hurt not just one person, but multiple people at the same time? How much hate do you have to have in your heart to even say a remark like prairie nigger, redskin, 
or dummy lummy. These were all the slurs that I heard while I was doorbelling during the campaign trail for Whatcom County Council this past summer, right in our backyard. How much hate does a child have to have in their young heart to bully and belittle another student who goes to the same school as they do? My friends, the opposite of hate is love. The kind of world I want to live in is the kind where my ancestors, who had celebration, who had ceremony just down the road from here, pre-contact. Chwatkwam, the word Watkum itself comes from my people's term, Chwatkwam, which means noisy or bubble water. And this, what's called Squalicum Creek right here, that's where my people gathered and would have these kind of beautiful events like this. So it's really amazing and a blessing to have this here, not too far away, from my, where my, trend, trend, uh, my traditional ancestors gathered. But the kind of world I want to live in is the kind where my ancestors, who laid eyes on the first set of non-Indigenous people, and rather than sending them away, are worse off wanting to execute them. Instead, they shared their resources with them. The world I want to live in is one where we can look upon our children as equals, guiding them and correcting them when they utter racist or prejudiced remarks about another child who looks and smells differently than them. The answer to all these questions I pose is right here in this room. The answer lies within all of us who believe like we do that the world we live in can improve. It starts with all of us treating each other like equals, whether we make more than one another, whether we live in bigger homes, or if we are homeless, whether we are a youth or a teacher, we are equals. To get us there, however, we cannot give up. We cannot give in. We must run the good race. We must paddle our canoe and push on in one unified stroke. We have a lot of work to do, my friends. We have a lot of work to show our children how love triumphs over hate. We have a lot of work to do to hold each other accountable when we fall short of the same kind of eye-to-eye -eye belief that our late Martin Luther King Jr. shared with us in his short life. Will it be easy to do? Will we want to give up? Will we want to fold our tents and go home? Or conversely, will we begin to love and respect ourselves so that we can give that love away? I believe that together we're better. I believe that our children are learning what's right and what's wrong, not so much from the face-to-face -face teachings that they get from mom or dad or grandpa or grandma at home, but from these devices that we allow them to have. Together, we must do what we can to protect our children 
from the seeds of hate. Extinguish them before they grow and fester into the psyche in their little souls. The hate you give little infants Fs everyone. Hopefully we will begin to turn this around to be the love you give little infants supports everyone. Ah, Siam and Estelicha Siam, my dear friends, my dear respected friends and relatives, my hands go out to each and every one of you from the youngest to the eldest. Thank you so much for being here. Aichka. You're listening to Cascadia News Now, a special report on the Bellingham Tree of Life Vigil, Safety Through Solidarity. You just heard from Aaron Thomas. Now, Councilman Sat Paul Sidhu and the leader of the Linden Seat Temple, Kiani Hari Singh Chi. Thank you, everybody, coming here to show your love and compassion and show that we, we condemn violence, any violence against anybody. That's not what America is. That's not what our values are. And that's not what who we are. Rather than saying a lot of words, we decided to say a prayer this prayer, any Sikh temple all over the world, we always end our service with the same prayer. And, and we thought it would be a fitting occasion to say the same prayer here. I've distributed some copies. And <coughs> Mr. Hari Singh is our head priest at the Linden Sikh temple. He's going to say the prayer in Punjabi and then I will read the translation for you. Let us say. Tumthakur tum pahardas Jiyo pind sab teri raas Tum maat pita ham barak tere Tum rikir pa mehsukh kanere कोई न जाने तुमरा अंत ऊचे ते ऊचा पगवंत सागल समग्री तुमरा सूतर तारी तुम ते हो ऐसो आज्ञाकारी तुमरी गत मित तुम ही जानी नानक दास सदा कुर्बानी तुमरी गत मित तुम ही जानी नानक दास सदा कुर्बानी थैंक यू इन योर ग्रेस देयर आर सो मेनी जॉयस यू आर द क्रिएटर एंड टू यू आई ऑफर दिस प्रेयर दिस बॉडी एंड सोल are all your property. You are our mother and father. We are your children. In your grace, there are so many joys. 
No one can fathom creator's extent. Creator is the highest of the high. The whole creation and creator are entwined. The whole creation is accusant to you. You alone can know your scope and extent. Nanak, a slave is forever your devotee. The, the idea here is they, that our creator is like sun. It does not discriminate. It's like wind. It does not discriminate. It's like earth. It does not discriminate. If we, if we really look at it, we are here for very, very short time. And love is our currency, and love is our property, love is our possession. That's what we should use, that's what we should spend, and that's what we should leave when we leave this world. Amen. Thank you. You're listening to Cascadia News Now, a special report on the Bellingham Tree of Life Vigil Safety Through Solidarity on KMRE-FM. Now, the powerful and nationally known Latinx activist who has been targeted by ICE for standing up for immigrant rights, Maru Mora Villapondo. Buenas noches. Thank you. I'm from Mexico, and in my culture, every time somebody greets somebody, you have to respond. Um, and that was a quick Spanish lesson. For those of you who didn't know, that's good evening. Uh, my name is Maru Mora Villalpando. I live here in Bellingham. I'm a new resident in Bellingham. I've been here only for three years. And I'm originally from Mexico. I'm an undocumented immigrant. And I live here for over two decades. The reason why I live here in Bellingham is because my daughter moved here to go to college. I really didn't have any intention to move to Bellingham on my own because to me, there was hardly any uh, Latinx community in this area. And why I say that? Because it took me two decades to find my community in this state. As an undocumented immigrant, we've been told again and again that we don't exist, that we're not to be seen, and therefore we have to hide, that we have to be afraid, and that we just have to hope that things get better. And in my undocumented community, it's very clear that Fear is the best recipe for us to continue being threatened and to continue being looking down, hoping for things that never happened and never materialized. I'm from Mexico. I'm from this continent. I'm not new to this continent. America is my continent. America is my house. America is not a country to me. It's a whole entire continent where all my Latinx community live where all the indigenous groups from this point all the way to Alaska and then all the way to Argentina, we're all one people. But we've been divided by colonialism. We've been divided by the invasion, in my case, of Spaniards to my country. I su I'm supposed to be speaking Nahuatl, and I speak Spanish. I'm supposed to have hundreds of gods, and I was told I could only have one. I'm supposed to be darker in my skin, and I'm light skin. And with that, I'm very clear the difference that that marks in my community. I'm very clear of the white supremacy that has been imposed to this continent. I'm very clear of the history of this country of racism. I'm very clear that when people go out there and kill because they hate us, the way we look, the way we talk, the color of our skin, it's not because they have a mental illness. 
They hate us because they believe they're superior to us. And that's something they've learned from day one, from everybody and from everything around us. And that's our fight. It's not to only recognize that we shouldn't hate each other, we should recognize why there's that hate. Why inspire somebody to actually commit that kind of murder and that kind of assassination? Why is it that some communities like ours face a constant threat and we have to hide to protect our families? And in my case, my daughter and I decided not to hide. And we've been very public about the fact not only that I'm undocumented, but that Immigration Customs Enforcement came to my door here in Bellingham via a certified mail to put me in deportation proceedings just because they don't like what I do, just because I defend my community, just because I speak up. In whatever shape, form that attacks continue against us, we will continue fighting. Because in my Latinx community, in my undocumented community, we know we have to protect each other. We cannot rely on government. We cannot rely on law. We can only rely on each other. And that's why everywhere we go, whatever communities we find, we will always offer a hand, not to save them, but to help them protect themselves by us offering that help. That's the way my family has found here in Bellingham support. We can go and fight because we have a community that is there with us. The only way we're not afraid is when the community is there for us. It's human to be afraid. It's human to be fearful. But you can see that fear goes away when somebody is with you, when somebody offers you a hand, when somebody tells you, I'll be there for you. And that's exactly what I'm here to offer to every single member of any community that has been attacked, from any member of any community that will be continue being attacked. We know in our undocumented community, we're being attacked constantly because we are the easy scapegoat. We are the easy target, but we're not the only target. And that's why we fight, because we don't want anybody else to be targets. We want to be the last target. And for that and for many other reasons, wherever other communities need our support as undocumented communities, we will be there for you. Thank you. Thank you. I wanted to take time to thank all of the communities that came out tonight to stand in solidarity with the most recent shootings that we are mentioning um, at first, but with, once again, the oppression that all of us have faced individually in our, in our communities that are respective to us, um, whatever they may be. So all of us have a lens that we see the world through, and all of us have been socialized into that. And that's something that the speakers before me have kind of gotten to that um, we built this system, all of us, that contributes to such violence. And that even though they don't happen necessarily in our own Bellingham town, that we do still uphold the America, because it's a whole continent. We, we support the mentality that contributes to such fear and to such hate. And to understand how how it, we are complacent in our system and how we all have privileges today in, in being here and in living in such 
a peaceful town to some degree, that even though we don't have outright racism or outright violence that may be seen in other places, that it is institutional and it is in a part of our structure that we uphold every day when we step outside. And so I want to introduce myself um, before I do make um, a couple points. First is that I am a co-host of Black Lives Matter here in Bellingham. And that, uh, my name's Jasmine, by the way, too. And I am a first generation African, and my father's from Africa, but also uh, German as well, as my mom's from Germany. And so I've lived in Bellingham for 11 years, and I've had my own sort of experiences with it, because it's been about half my life here. To go back to the system that we all are upholding, to tie in this fresh wound of what these shootings feel like, to live in a world where it's possible when you just go to a store to get a poster board with your grandson that you can be shot, which is what happened in Kentucky at Kroger for Maurice Stallard. And just to think that even though these things are still happening, that that's a reminder of the current state of the world we are in today. And that that shows that we are agents of change in, in being complacent or in standing up and resisting that system. And what that looks like is, first of all, coming here publicly to mourn. That's something we haven't done. To sit in our uncomfortable feelings as a nation, to sit with what we've done to different communities that we've oppressed, is something that's never happened before. And so the fact that we're here is a great first step in building that sense of security through solidarity for one another. And just showing up for one another, we've done a lot more than has been done in the past. That's, that's a great precedence for setting tonight. And so I want to thank everybody for coming and standing out in the cold and, and then coming in here and then listening with, with your listening ears and truly hearing what we have to say in your heart. We thank you for that and for accepting what we have to say because we can't build a community if we're just up here talking. It, it takes listening as well. It's, it's a 50-50 job. And, and we're here to listen as well. So with what Maru said, if, even if it may not directly affect our communities, we're here. And so in showing up tonight, um, Black Lives Matter is here with all the communities that we're representing. And so just to tie that in with one last thing, with a traditional African term you may have or may not have heard of, Ubuntu, U-B-U-N-T-U. And it's I am because we are. And just to drive that home, that all of us come together to feed into the system. And just to look, look back on that candle that was in your hand and that impact you had and the shadow you had with that, that I am because we are. And the fact that we're all here tonight shows that we've gotten pretty far as a whole and that we can get that much further. And, and us as a human, as a human experience, as a complete whole, that, that we are here in this moment together, feeling these feelings, and that's a great first step. So to tie that into our, our next structured intermission, I would like to continue that sense of I am because we are. We will have about five minutes total, so if you need to use the restroom, I would suggest doing that. But if you feel so inclined, I would like you to find a new face tonight that you may may have seen around, may want to introduce yourself to, or somebody that is completely new to you. 
And just to take up that, like I said, that feeling of, of we are impacting the system every day and that we have a big shadow in this world. And even though it may not feel like it, even though we may have been stripped from, from a sense of humanity in just being alive, that we can speak to that, communities that have been oppressed before, and we can show you how to walk through that. We've been in fear for a long time, and so we would like to show you through conversation, through getting to know us. So for me, getting to know me, that would be coming to our Black Lives Matter meetings that are the third Wednesday of every month, the First Congregational Church from seven to nine o'clock, that we will continue this conversation and how we can stand in solidarity with all communities. This is Rosalinda Guillen with Community to Community Development, and you are listening to KMRE 102.3 FM in Bellingham. Your community, your voice, your station. Women's Spirit Coalition, eliminating violence against Native women and promoting the well-being of Native families and communities. We envision a nation where Native women live safely and where Women's Spirit Coalition is the leader in ending violence against Native women. You can find us on Facebook at Women's Spirit Coalition or online at womenspirit.net. You are tuned to KMRE 102.3 FM and KMRE.org for a very special episode of Cascadia News Now. I'm Shemaya Kuntouris, and I'm honored to bring you the speeches from the Tree of Life Solidarity Vigil. The Tree of Life Vigil Safety Through Solidarity brought members of the Sikh, Jewish, Black, Muslim, and other communities together to provide the public a time to honor and grieve the lives taken in the Pittsburgh Tree of Life Synagogue and Louisville shootings of Maurice Stallard and Vicki Lee Jones. In this half of the show, we'll hear from myself, as well as environmental engineer and member of the Muslim community, Tazine Muhammad Ali. We start with a moving speech by Reverend Cheris Weathers. My name is Sharice Weathers. I am a Lutheran pastor here in Bellingham. As a result of white supremacy, I have an extraordinary amount of privilege, education. I have a lack of fear in many respects. And people are complex. They're really complex. I, I even wear this collar that gives me an extra amount of privilege. And yet, I am a female pastor. I'm a non-male pastor. <laughs> Which means that my vocation is considered null and void by millions of people. And as soon as they hear that I'm a pastor, there's an instantaneous decision that I am heretical and that the community I'm involved with is heretical. It's an instantaneous judgment. And I've been passed over for pastoral work in favor of less qualified men simply because I'm a woman. But not only am I a female pastor, I'm also queer. <laughs> and I, I have an amazing girlfriend. And folks who don't approve of a queer female pastor don't even know my girlfriend, and she's amazing. <laughs> 
And let me tell you, I avoid telling this to many people who call themselves Christians because the Christian hate for the LGBTQ community has caused innumerable suicides. And who wants to be on the receiving end of that hate? So I'm a mixture of privilege while also being the recipient of judgment and a community of hatred. Things and people are not always as cut and dry as they appear. The denomination in which I am ordained is Lutheran. And as a white person, I have been welcomed into this group. And we have some really good theology because I can be a white queer pastor female in this group. And yet, and yet, the, the founder of Lutheranism, Martin Luther, raged with anti-Semitism, raged with anti-Semitism. His writings have been influential in Germany and around the world for centuries. A ton of Nazi propaganda quoted Luther to justify the extermination of millions of Jews in the Holocaust. Martin Luther. Luther is considered the founder of Protestantism and his reinterpretation of biblical passages led others to have their own reinterpretation of biblical passages and then more and more and more interpretations and we've ended up with thousands of Protestant denominations, thousands of them, and millions more of independent churches that refuse to join a denomination. And in part, what Luther started was the ongoing and deepening fracture of making anyone who didn't believe in exactly what you believed in as the other. I'm not Methodist, I'm Lutheran, because we Lutherans have better theology than Methodists. Or I'm not that kind of Lutheran because that kind of Lutheran doesn't ordain women. Or I'm not that kind of Baptist because they believe in a literal rapture. I'm not this and I'm not that because of belief systems. And it ruptures what I believe is, the, is what the divine wants for this world, for this cosmos, which is harmony, which is the realization that we are all one, we really are. We are not fundamentally different as human beings. We may have different skin tones, we may have different cultural backgrounds, but we are not biologically or fundamentally different than each other. We are related, just as we're all related to all of life on this planet and in this universe, we are all made of the stuff of stars. And our purpose is to live in harmony, in shalom, a wonderful Jewish word that I wish we all could live in. And yet my history is full of violence. It is full of violence. I'm a white settler. My presence here is based on oppression and death. My faith tradition has had a direct role in the extermination of millions of people. And the example of othering continues and continues and continues and continues. My history has culpability in the violence that we see today, and my history has culpability in the violence of the judgment that is aimed at me as well. 
Two Lutheran pastors stand out from World War II. One is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was hanged for his role in a plot to assassinate Hitler. And another was Martin Niemöller, who famously said, first they came for the socialists, I did not speak out because I wasn't a socialist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. And then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. They were part of the tradition that literally at the time was causing the violence, and yet they spoke out. They formed a resistance. They formed in solidarity against the hate, which is what we do. This is what we do here. We recognize our history and our role in the hate today, and then we choose. Will we continue to perpetuate this violence, this othering of anyone who is not like me, doesn't look like me, doesn't believe what I do, and doesn't do what I do? Do we continue to perpetuate violence against the other, or will we stand together in harmony for shalom? Thank you. Good evening. My name is Tazeen Muhammad Ali. I am a Muslim, an American, and an immigrant. I am a daughter, a wife, and a mother. I am also your neighbor and your ally. Thank you for joining me tonight as we stand together in solidarity and remember those who have lost their lives to violent acts of hatred in the last few weeks. While I'm honored to be here today, I'm also simply devastated by the events that led us to organize this vigil in the first place. I am moved by the space we have created here by bringing together an intersectional group of voices to speak up for those whose, li whose lives have been taken, to mourn with the communities that grieve that loss, and to find light and hope out of darkness and tragedy. We have heard from people today who have made activism an intimate part of their lives. I am in awe of the energy they put in this fight every day as they work for justice, as they work to gain or maintain the freedom for us all to work, live, and play on equitable terms, the freedom for us to safely pursue our spiritual and religious paths, and the freedom to love who we love. As a working mom of two young daughters, I will be honest. I struggle to find the bandwidth to add activism into my daily life. So while I applaud those who can and do make this hard work a dominant part of their lives, I want to spend most of my time today to share my desire for us all to become activists in the way that we raise our children. For those of us who have children involved in our lives in any way, whether you are a parent, step-parent, grandparent, aunt, uncle, teacher, or educator. We have an immense opportunity and an immense responsibility to raise children so that they are aware of the oppression of marginalized groups and grow up to challenge the system and culture that continues to dehumanize them. Do not be afraid to tell your children that black children do not get treated the same as white children. Tell them you expect them to speak up when they notice unfair treatment of their peers, whether or not they are their friends. Read books to your children about families, celebrating Jewish and Muslim holidays. Share photos of people around the world who wear different kinds of head coverings as part of their religion. 
provide your children with an endless positive narrative that exposes them to indigenous people, people of color, women, LGBTQ people, Muslims, immigrants, and disabled people who are writers, filmmakers, actors, mothers, fathers, teachers, police officers, veterans, doctors, scientists, and community leaders. Question the textbooks used in mainstream school curriculum that whitewash American history. Work tirelessly to find the counter perspective to this history, and then work with the school to incorporate this into the curriculum. Invite a member of a local tribe to the classroom to share the story of their ancestors. Do not talk about anti-Semitism as something that only happened during the time of the Holocaust. Do not talk about slavery as an isolated time in history that doesn't have implications in the racism and inequity African Americans face today. Find stories that teach them about the immense contributions Muslims have made to the fields of architecture, science, and mathematics. Teach your children about the psychology and implications of privilege and unconscious bias. The reality is that the safety of marginalized groups and people who practice minority faith traditions is compromised. Anti-Semitism is real, racism is real, gender discrimination in many forms is real, Islamophobia is real. The hate, fear, and violence we are experiencing is part of a larger narrative that is eroding the humanity of marginalized groups. Even if we do not personally harbor hate or fear, our hearts and minds are being tainted by the messages in the airwaves to be less empathetic to marginalized groups. In the Prophet Muhammad's last sermon at Mount Arafat over 1400 years ago, he made a clear statement against racism. He said, and I quote in a translation, there is no superiority of an Arab over a non-Arab, nor of a non-Arab over an Arab. Neither is the white superior over the black, nor is the black over the white, except by piety and good action. He challenged a disunited population by calling on them to unite under a banner of humanity, where the only way you can better be better than your brother or sister is through moral conduct and good action. So I would like to invite you to join me in transforming our apathy into activism in how we raise and educate our children whose hearts and minds are open and who are naturally inclined to sow love over hate. Let us begin the work of humanizing those that the narrative is dehumanizing and break the chains of prejudice, racism, and bias with and for our children. And as you begin this work, I want to offer you these last words of wisdom from the Talmud, one of the central texts of Judaism. Do not be daunted by the enormity of the world's grief. Do justly now. Love mercy now. Walk humbly now. You are not obligated to complete the work, but neither are you free to abandon it. Thank you. I'm feeling a little moved. <laughs> Hi. My name is Shamaya. I'm a child of immigrants. I'm queer. I'm Arabic. I'm European. I am a Jew. 
We are here tonight because of grief, shared pain, shared trauma. We are here because of racism. We are here because of homophobia. We are here because of anti-Semitism. We are here tonight together because we are stronger. Since the current federal administration, there has been a rise of anti-Semitic attacks, a 57% increase of tracked reported instances of crimes against Jews in our country. Anti-Semitism is not always at the end of a gun. Anti-Semitism is a swastika on a synagogue, the ugly words on the walls or in marches in Charlottesville, hate graffiti. Those are the acts that are easy to single out. In our community, in Bellingham, there has been a consistent increase of clear, deliberate anti-Semitism. Hitler mustaches drawn on library magazines. Jewish students targeted and threatened at Western Washington University. Our own brand new synagogue during its construction. Like my sisters and brothers who have spoken, I have been the direct target of hate throughout my life. I've heard slurs, the absolute most shocking, the most hurtful things were well-meaning, unintentional. They were from my coworkers, my friends, my own mother-in-law. It's like two Jews fighting over a nickel. Oh, you're Jewish, you've got a big nose for money. Jews invented the slave trade. That man tried to Jew me down. My sisters, Maru, Tazine, and Jasmine faced different words, different slurs. They have a target on their backs every public moment of every day being marked clearly as women of color. The words, the locations, the details are different. What we share is the pain and horror and loss of our dead. What we have all inherited is a system that benefits and grows through placid racism, placid acceptance of an order that keeps people who are only white and only male and only Christian in power in office, not this year. It is so good and so crucial, and I mean this, that you are here tonight. It is so important that you are opening your hearts with us to grieve and to listen and support us and each other, and I thank you. Tonight we grieve, and then we leave, and then what? One way to honor Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh 11, is to support their work. They were directly targeted for supporting Hyas, the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, during the Charlottesville March. White nationalists yelled, Jews will not replace us because of the work of Jews through synagogues like Tree of Life. As Jews, the history of persecution 
and of fleeing nations is engraved in our hearts. We are hated and attacked not only for who we are, but also for who we stand for, who we seek to help. The 68 million refugees from Syria, Yemen, Jordan, the Congo, South Americans seeking asylum in the land of the free. We are attacked for that. In 2016, Hyas and Jews with Tree of Life resettled 233 refugees in Pittsburgh and almost 5,000 across our nation. So we stand stronger. We firm our resolve. We reach out to one another as we did tonight. We stand aside or we stand up. I stand with Black Lives Matter. I stand with my Muslim brothers and sisters. And I am asking you to stand with us, too. When you think about people who are targets, think about Jews, too. Will you stand with us? Do you stand against racism? Do you stand against anti-Semitism? Do you stand against children being ripped away from their parents and criminalized? Reach out, even if you are scared. I can't go to Stomish. I don't know anything about learning customs. Go. I can't go to the Sikh temple. I might say something stupid or offend someone. Go. I don't know what to say to my black coworker, my immigrant neighbor, the person I know who has a new name and a new gender. Be scared. Reach out anyway. Be afraid to make a mistake. Make a mistake anyway. Have someone over for coffee. Start a book club. Say hello. Say, I see you. Say, I'm here. And you and we are not alone. You've been listening to speeches from the Tree of Life Safety Through Solidarity Vigil in memory of the Pittsburgh Tree of Life Synagogue and Louisville shootings. This episode was recorded and produced by me, Shamaya Kintouris. You are tuned to KMRE 102.3 FM Bellingham and KMRE.org. 